Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rolden Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, and welcome to the show. Now, you guys remember that I had that fantastic interview with Kristen Stokes from the Lightning Thief musical, who plays Anna Beth. That was last week. If you guys have not yet listened to that episode, shared it with your friends, be sure to go do so. The video is on my YouTube as well, so go to Healthy Dose of Fran on YouTube to watch the visual of that episode and interview because oh my god Kristen Stokes is like a beautiful human being she's so nice and lovely and it was just a a treat and a half to get to speak with her um so yeah many shout out to that if you guys haven't listened to that episode or watched it on YouTube yet be sure to go do so but of course today we are jumping right back into our timeline journey with The Last Olympian chapters 9 to Snake Save My Life wait no hold on chapter 9 and chap yeah no hold on I realise I labelled that incorrectly my bad um yes <laughs> chapter nine do snakes save my life and chapter ten I buy some new friends as always I've got my points to focus on so today we've got gods relationships battle and strategy and generally what I thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis. At Olympus, reality sets in for our campers. Olympus is empty, bar a few. With a flashback vision, Percy is given it the insight to his enemy that he's been lacking. Then, tragedy strikes when the prophecy begins. With the invasion starting, our demigods prepare themselves for war. But will their numbers and strength be enough? And that is a synopsis for these two chapters. So we are officially diving into everything that these whole five books have been leading up to. The battle with Cronus and the Titan army. It's oh, it's exciting, it's intense, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. So let's just go right to it, to chapter nine, Two Snakes Save My Life. And the overview for chapter nine is as follows. Our team convene at Olympus, preparing for what may come. Olympus has been abandoned. Only Hestia truly remains, and she shows Percy the past. We see the day Luke and Talia found Annabeth, once when Luke returned home, and a figure who warmed him. Hermes arrives, and he is not thrilled. We gotta love gods who like to victim blame. <laughs> Annabeth is his target, and after relaying a battle message from her mother, Hermes turns on her and later leaves. Jealous Percy returns, but isn't here to stay, as something more pressing arrives. The people of Manhattan are asleep. The invasion has begun. (laughs) 
this literally this chapter was just so traumatic um dramatic i realized that way i said that it made it sound like traumatic i guess it is a little bit because you obviously we've got victim blaming from a uh, hermes right here um i'll get to that in a bit but yeah this is really leading up to everything going on and it's like the tension is building up i'm really i'm really here for it because it's going really well in terms of the writing like the tension is being so built up so so well in this chapter um and there are many things that i'm really appreciating what is happening in these chapters and i'll start with gods firstly so i want to start with hestia because hestia is literally the only valid god you know fight me if you don't believe it because well how can you not believe it hestia is literally the only god that currently matters and cares about demigods like even though demigods don't care about her which is kind of sad now not only has she stayed Olympus protecting its flame and the power um, she's also offered helpful guidance to demigods as a whole. She's the only one who's done this, <laughs> like, properly. Like, she speaks facts to Percy in the fact that, you know, he has taken... She warned him to not take on these this Achilles curse, like she did a few chapters ago. And even gave him the insight when that was happening about the fact that, you know, he's got to understand his enemy, but he shouldn't follow the same steps as his enemy. And in doing so, she's she provides him with further insight to what Luke is and who he was by giving him this vision and it's definitely something that Percy desperately needs this is like you guys will know that this has been a complaint of mine about the fact that Percy never attempts to try and understand or see where Luke is coming from even though yes what Luke's doing and the way he's fully gone about things is wrong but his reasoning for do it has always been true the gods don't care about their kids but Percy has never gone out of his way to try and understand that and obviously then when Luke is brought up into discussions with Annabeth for example his jealousy head is is flares up um and he won't listen he won't pay attention because he's too blindsided by his own ideas of things so him not understanding his enemy means that he's not really going to be able to do anything about this enemy um but yeah no she gives him a vision and it's one of Luke, Talia and Annabeth as the first day that they find Annabeth and when he returns home to his mother for the first time because Talia is hurt. They need help. Um, and I think just what's really interesting about Hestia is that not only has she provided this, but she's just provided and sorted, supported demigods more in this one book in like four... Technically, I guess she's only been in two chapters, but she's supported demigods more in this book than all the gods have throughout this series <laughs> like this is now a hestia stand podcast is basically what i'm saying here i feel like maybe i should change the name of the podcast to um hestia is the only valid one a percy jackson podcast oh no but hestia is literally she's the only good god that's all i'm just saying here she's the only good god um but you know she she just provides a lot in this case so we see the relationship and, and the fact that the dagger that Annabeth has always had it was a gift from Luke which is why it has such significance to her and why she never answered the question of why she uses this dagger um so we kind of get this bit of insight but of course Percy doesn't fully understand it so it kind of doesn't really mean anything at this point because Percy is a himbo um but going on to the next card that I've seen in this chapter, oh my god, Hermes. 
Hermes is a grade A a-hole. Um, he, firstly, he's he's showing the signs of why Hades has a right to be mad because he also resents being a messenger god. Um, while he also doesn't actually work to take messages, like he's not passing on this message that the demigods need the gods' help. He's not going to relay that message, but he'll relay the other stuff, um, like what Athena said. And that's by well, a minute. That's kind of the only thing he does. But the only other thing that he offers is like a mini pointless history lesson. Like, ah, yes, but Typhoon nearly destroyed us all. And now Hades is moaning in the underworld and Persephone and Demeter are with him and Poseidon's doing his own thing. And I'm like, okay, firstly, the Hades thing is all of your faults in the first place because you never accepted him on Olympus. So can you really blame him? Persephone and Demeter. Demeter is the oldest god other than Hestia. I think Hestia is the the firstborn so she's technically the oldest god um but Demeter is an incredibly powerful goddess and yet she's ignored Persephone also ignored so it's no wonder that they're kind of like ah screw you guys <laughs> um and then obviously Poseidon's palace is being destroyed as a whole but yeah no, all this drama but um as a whole uh Hermes is the perfect example of why the demigods have turned against their parents. Um, he's blaming a child, Annabeth, for his own child's fall from grace. Um, that's dumb. He's literally laying all the blame at her feet. <laughs> when he should really look in a mirror. Like, his anger at Annabeth is completely unjust. And Percy was 100% right. Like, he abandoned May and Luke, which led to Luke turning against him. But he can't accept that, so he's blaming a child. Teenager. Okay, teenager, whatever. Um, and in the fact that he, in his exact same moment, basically, where he's blaming Annabeth, he then has clearly stated that Luke is his favourite child and May is his favourite mortal partner like really <laughs> i'm sorry how can you claim to care that you, about me like i th what is it like my poor darling may my so i can't even remember what he says but something dumb um and honestly i'm just kind of like but how can you actually care if you've abandoned them and then continue to have children with other mortals like, if you really gave a damn, there wouldn't be so many Hermes kids, I'm just saying. Also, dude, your other kids are right here on Olympus, haven't betrayed you, and you're still showing your preference for a child who hates you, justifiably. This is Poseidon at the end of Battle of the Labyrinth all over again, stating his favourite child in the same proximity as his other children <laughs> like the gods are the, the the gods suck and this is just like i don't get why this is not another point where percy could have been like oh yeah okay i see why luke is the way he is because he had you for a godly parent like this is a perfect moment for percy to be to, to begin to fully understand Luke at this point because he's seeing Hermes for who he truly is. Hermes the first time we meet him is actually like a pretty chill dude 
But um, at this point, this should be the first main sign that uh, Hermes sucks and Luke is justified in hating him. Um, I also want to point out another thing. The description of Hermes in this was really, really weird. They said he looked like he was 25 but with salt and pepper hair and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. How can someone have salt and pepper hair when they look like they're 25? Sure, I feel like maybe it was meant to say like 35. Because also it's weird just in general that this god is a, who's having relationships with mortals um, surrounded by teenagers that are only like a 10 year age difference from how old he looks is, you know, appearing as a 25 year old. Like, make it 35 at least because then you get like a more adult-like figure. Because saying he looks 25, that means he looks like I'm 25. Like, I do not look like an adult figure. <laughs> I look like someone who's ready to have a panic attack if someone asks them to do a general task. That is an adult-based task. Because um, that is something I have done. But yeah, it was just a really weird description. It's really stood out to me. I'm like, why is this god who has multiple children looking like someone who is barely capable of being an adult? Um, it's just something I noticed. Anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> so I'm not complaining about Hermes. I just don't like him. I don't really like any of the male gods. I think this is what I've come to realise. I don't like any of them. They all kind of suck. Um, Anyway, we'll move on to relationships actually, because this is a really great moment for relationships in this. So Percy and Annabeth is the one that I want to focus on because, well, this is when Percy is noticing something different about Annabeth, but he's still <laughs> he's still being very much a, a boy about it and not understanding why he's noticing these things about her. Um. But Annabeth is also appearing to kind of go through the same thing, like she's noticed something different about him as well. Um, the only thing that I do want to point out, and this is after the Hermes moment. Um, so Annabeth is clearly upset and he is supporting, he, he's like being emotionally supportive. But the moment something is brought up about Luke, he basically cuts off his emotional support for her in that moment. Which kind of, it frustrates me just a little because he has just seen an image of a young seven-year-old Annabeth terrified with a hammer and in her pyjamas having run away being saved by Luke and Talia. Like, you've seen the trauma that she clearly went through. And yet, the moment she mentions the person who basically raised her... um. You, you get jealous I don't <laughs> considering he has this tie to Rachel his jealousy of Luke in this moment to the point that he kind of steps back from providing emotional support for Annabeth it just feels a little bit unjust I'm kind of like well she didn't stop supporting you when she found out you were with Rachel even though in that case she would have been more justified because he's abandoning everyone at camp to have some normalcy which is something they don't all get but I do like that he stood up for Annabeth though like that was a really great moment like his speaking out in support of her and putting himself at risk as well to protect her I really really do like that and I know that we've got this build up of that relationship between them <laughs> not much happened with Annabeth in this chapter which is something I'm noticing a little bit at the moment that she's not really 
appearing as much of like a big character currently it's like very more percy focused in this and there's not really much between them currently happening and i'll talk about that a bit more um as we go on but um she is putting a lot of trust in him though with these plans which just 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 shows how much she does support him in like this leadership and all these sort of things which i do appreciate seeing that about her because she's kind of she's learning to take a step back from things when it's not always her place to run them um so yeah no i appreciate that there's not too much build up with their relationship admittedly in this moment but there are a few things that i kind of do appreciate seeing um but with that that's the end for for chapter nine and we're going to dive straight back in to the next chapter which is chapter 10 i buy some new friends um note to yourself well note to everyone um don't buy your friends <laughs> friends can't be bought if they can they're not real friends just a life lesson there from your your percy jackson lesbian queen me um <laughs> i'm everyone's lesbian aunt now i think that's where well, i'm the podcast mum to all of the percy jackson podcasters um and now to all my listeners i am your lesbian auntie um i'm happy old cousin depending on age um because some of you may be older than me i think most of my audience are younger than me but if you're older than 25 i'll be your lesbian cousin if you're younger than 25 i will be your lesbian auntie i'm happy to take on that role um <laughs> like an agony aunt but i'm just the lesbian aunt <laughs> um anyway sorry let's move on so this is the overview for chapter 10 there's trouble all around the city not only is everyone asleep but outside of manhattan time has been slowed monsters and rival demigods are arriving from every entrance and percy takes the lead the 12 bridges of manhattan are to be defended and with the hunter's arrival things seem to be going well annabeth and percy head out ready to go for the rivers when annabeth activates plan 23 and sends the automaton or, or i can't say that word automated on statues to protect manhattan when percy receives the help of the hudson and east river gods some of the damage wait hold on some damage is done to the invading forces of course when he resurfaces bad news arrives the apollo cabin is in trouble and the minotaur has returned sorry that overview was really messy because i stumbled over what i was trying to read <laughs> but hopefully you guys understood that overview um i do just want to point out this is probably the most american chapter i've read in in the whole series so far like i don't know anything about manhattan so so many things are being described and made to like to, to help you visualize it's really difficult to visualize it because we're just being given names which doesn't really help as much like i can't visualize where these places are the 12 bridges thing the only reason why i know there are 12 bridges i didn't count it with that um i don't oh wait no is it 12 bridges or is it 21 what was the name of the film? 21. Oh, it's 21, not 12. Where did I get 12 from? I was trying to think of that Chadwick Boseman um, film. It's the 21 Bridges. Maybe they didn't go... To, I don't know. I don't... Maybe it was meant to be 21 Bridges. But the entrances to Manhattan are being defended. Um, 
but yeah i just didn't understand it so it felt so american that it was just it was kind of really difficult to understand and just picture what was happening because there's like lots of names a lot of things just kind of been thrown out here and there there's one of the automatons names was given um i don't know who he was as a governor i think they mentioned i don't know but um it was just weird uh it kind of it took me out of it a little bit because i felt like if not being american meant that i wasn't able to fully kind of dive into it as much like i felt like i was being taken out of the scene because i felt like i needed to know this information or know a little bit about new york and manhattan to kind of understand what was happening um, and from the fact that i got confused and said 12 bridges just shows how clearly unaware of it <laughs> i am but um yeah so that's just one thing that i i'm aware of that it just it felt difficult for a non-american and someone who doesn't really know much about america um to read through and be like uh what <laughs> um also i don't maybe is it the hudson and east river i feel like i may have written that down wrong oh well anyway i don't care um <laughs> it was just something i noticed and i thought it'd be interesting for my american viewers my non-american readers to if you guys felt the same thing to uh hear me say that so i'll move on now we're gonna dive back into relationships like we just finished off with and starting again of course well with the only relationship that's currently happening at the moment is percy and annabeth now this is something i do want to bring up and i do go into this a little bit more after this but so percy has done this full strategy thing of like saying where all the different cabins and camps are gonna go to like defend these different bridges and tunnels and stuff um against the enemy and he's ordering out all this different information he's pointing out where people go and the one thing is that i really really wish that to build up and develop the relationship between percy and annabeth at the moment as well as the fact that give annabeth a bit more to do in this story because i just feel like she's just kind of there at the moment I kind of wish that they were working together to strategize where the campus would go like they were individually dishing out they were kind of doing back and forth like building this relationship and showing how where how well their teamwork has built over the years like they've been working together and being partners together for four years it would make sense for them to strategize together and issue out these orders and be basically like co-leaders of this battle regiment i guess you could call it um, of these demigods and working together in that way to show their development in their relationship to show how well they work together just to show the positives of the relationship build up because we haven't really gotten that at the moment um which is a little bit disappointing so i would have really liked that, that to happen especially considering the fact that annabeth is the daughter of athena of athena the the goddess of battle strategy this is her ballpark and percy has never been the best at strategy in general like this just seems to like be the first time where he's really issued out orders so it's great that he's finally gotten to this level but it feels a bit weird because he's never really done it before not to this level and in depth previously so it would have been good just to have them working together like it would have just made so much sense <laughs> when it comes to de developing their relationship you should like i said just showing how well they work as a team and all that as well as considering the fact that after this happens and they say that they're going to go off together and they're going to search for things and go to the rivers and all that that someone says for them to not get sidetracked together 
like if they'd been planning this all together and people had been seeing this chemistry and this connectivity in their relationship that line would have felt so much more realistic you would have gotten that oomph for now it just kind of it feels a little bit out of place like they're just going off together like they've barely spoken um she just jumps in at one point when he says Clarice and she's like oh you know we'll take that and that's it that's the only engagement we have really um so I think it would just been better it would have made more sense with that line that comes after about them not getting sidetracked um it just really would have worked a lot um I I just I would have really liked it what do you guys think um anyway to move on to strategy and battle from obviously that conversation I really like the main tension of the book has begun and it is off to actually a really good start I feel like Percy has used what he's learned over these five books and implemented them here and using what he's learned to strategize and figure out where to send people he's also probably learned a lot from Annabeth as well for his strategy he's taking control he's becoming the leader and basically the leader he was meant to be and is guiding the demigods in their preparation for war the only thing that i also do really like and i guess it's not really battle related but sort of the lead up to battle i guess is that the fact that these these kids and they are they're kids you can feel the fear that they have and the anxiety about what's going to happen like they know that they could die and they probably will there's only so many of them um, and then they're, they're nervous. I, I feel like it could have been built up a little bit more, um, just for us, just to have it stand out, so we as readers can recognise it a little bit more and kind of empathise with it. Um, but the plan as a whole is good. It's solid. It makes sense. But then we get the sense in the story itself of will it be enough? And especially considering the fact that you know the Minotaur has returned and that the Apollo cabin is in trouble we do then get the sense of maybe it won't be enough and it's just a great way to get the readers to be on edge like the demigods themselves are it pulls you into the narrative in this way and I think it was incredibly well done um yeah like I said there are a few other things of for the fear and anxiety could have been built up a little bit more but other than that just overall these are two really strong chapters that are developing and building up the tension for what is meant to follow with the battle with this conflict with luke this relationship building between percy and annabeth and even with the gods and their relationships to their children like it's it's just a really great setup and considering that i've not always been a fan of how setups have gone in these books this is the one that i think is perfect for how it has been executed um and it's just another sign to me of why The Last Olympian is one of my favourite books. But we'll see how that goes to see if I've got any future complaints. But uh, <laughs> for now, we are good. Um, but for this week's question of the episode, of course, which will be going up on our social media, from my question before, I want to know, when Percy was setting up the strategy, do you wish that Annabeth and he had been working on that? together just from the fact that i'm really i would have really liked to see that to see that relationship build i'm intrigued to see whether or not you guys would have liked to have seen that also so obviously that question will be going up on our social media on instagram twitter etc so you can drop your answers there um and yeah that is it for this week so thank you all for joining me for today's chapters 
be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Rye journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and Deezer. Where obviously Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you guys could follow and on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review, I would really, really appreciate that. The podcast isn't reaching as many people as I would like it to, and I would love for more people to find my podcast and hopefully enjoy it. This is something I really love doing, and I would love for more people to kind of get involved and enjoy it themselves um so yeah if you can leave ratings and reviews share with your friends i would truly truly appreciate that um in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your own thoughts you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com and i will read it out at the end of the show i will say i haven't been doing it that much at the moment just because well, I've gotten quite a few things, so I may actually set up just a separate sort of bonus episode of like a mailbag episode, and that may just be what I do in future, just because I've gotten quite a few things, and um, I I record things quite far in, in advance, just because of work life balance, um, so I don't always do that, but uh, yeah, I may set up a mailbag episode and just go through all the emails that I have managed to get. So yeah, email me anyway and I will get to it eventually. So apologies for those who have emailed me and I haven't gotten it to it yet. Um, in general, if you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at A Dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. As always, thank you guys for tuning in my name is wait hold on no i've done my sign off wrong thank you guys for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see slash speak to you guys next time for olympus <laughs> <laughs>